What was the lady that used to run out and kiss people at the baseball games? Oh, Morgana the Kissing Bandit. Yes. What? Where? Is that Philadelphia? That was like everywhere. Oh, she any, would just any baseball game. She would just would, travel to the country. She would hop the stands, like, and they would let her run out with her big jugs of Kimbo, and <laughs> she was a busty lady. So, so it was like, yeah, a, like any any game. So there's like <laughs> like fucking some little league baseball game. She like hops yeah, over the fence and like goes and makes like, it out with a with a third baseman or whatever. <laughs> third base, thirteen year old third baseman. <laughs> Third baseman. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Woo! We went down the rivers, we crossed the plains, over the mountains, we fought in streams. We went west. We trapped, we mined, we carved our names. With guns and axes, we sought our fame. Our destiny was manifest. And God helped those who stood in the way of business progress. And the USA. USA. All right, anyway, uh, welcome back to How the West is Fuck. How the West was Fuck. Let's jump right back in where we left off at the Alamo. Well, we're going to talk about David Crockett. David, David Crockett. Okay. He was the king of the Wild Frontier, right? Uh, that's what his publicist says, but he was. <laughs> it's more complicated than that. Mm-hmm. Depends on how you define king. I didn't it, realize it, the it, Wild it, Frontier was set up in a feudal system. It, well, it could be like the, the Ash, you know, could have even been king. <laughs> the king, maybe, but like, or it could have been like the king, king of rock and roll kind of king. Uh, could have been... I don't know, like a wrestling title. Oh, like, yeah, Jerry the King. He like, he, like, won the belt from Grizzly Adams or something like <laughs> in, a, in a steel cage match. With, he, with, he won the with, champ- with, like, what Martha, what was one of the Grizzly Adams bears, like Martha Washington or something? Oh, yeah, yeah. General, <laughs> General Fremont. Back then, it yeah. would have been, back then, it would have been a uh, championship pelt. Yes. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> championship pelt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. Anyway, we'll kick her off with uh, your... Yowling cat voice? No, how does it go? <laughs> Common sense. <laughs> and lovely NPR voice? Yes, with your Sanskrit and your yowling cat voice. <laughs> uh, so David Crockett liked his Andrew Jackson. Mm. Like boo. all those people back in the day. I like the little pieces of paper that have Andrew Jackson on it. But uh, Get him off the 20. Over the last yes. couple of years, though, he kind of turned against him. And Jackson's yes. successor, Martin Van Buren, he didn't like him either. And he kind of let everybody know how much he hated him, which cost him his fourth bid to Congress. Damn it. He was a mountain man that was fucking a, a congressman. So it was pretty much Cliven Bundy Wait, trying to so run So he was a mountain man that was fucking a congressman? No, he was a fucking congressman. Oh, oh missed it. Okay. He, he was like adding fucking for emphasis, not, Got it. not as a verb. Got it. But his uh, campaign uh, slogan was... Uh, a possum in every pot? <laughs> I'll shoot you. <laughs> so if he lost, he said, uh, you may go to hell, I'll go to Texas. Yep. And he lost, so he had to go to Texas. <laughs> <laughs> this statement is legally binding. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. I need to be more careful. <laughs> so Crockett, uh, and uh, he, uh, he didn't meet up with Tubbs until later. Yep. Uh, here's 
fuck just happened? Miami Vice team. <laughs> oh, 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 Crockett and Tubbs. You. Okay, sorry. I, I can't legally hear Crockett and Tubbs without having the <laughs> flamingos and the cigarette boat. The boat, yeah. yeah. And you're dressed just like him now, too. Yeah. <laughs> he was born uh, August 17th, 1786. On a mountaintop in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. In the state in the land of the free. Uh, his granddad was murdered by Creek Indians, so oh, that's nice. That'll fuck you up. Davy Crockett hatched from an eagle egg one day. Mm-hmm. Uh, his father fought in the Revolutionary War, though. He was hired out by his dad as a drover at age 12. A what? A, a drover. drover. Is that someone who drove somewhere? Drove mm-hmm. cattle. Like cattle drover. Got it. It's, before they had the term cowboy, mm-hmm. you were a drover. You, you drove cattle. You, to go on cattle drives, you were a drover. Cool. Uh, that that guy like tried to get him to uh, sign into some indentured servitude. Oh, I got Come on, man. Just sign off the rest of your life, bro. Do, do I have a deal for you? <laughs> <laughs> Only... 28 long years of manual labor. <laughs> but uh, after a month, he just takes off in, in the middle of the night and goes back home. Yeah. And then he leaves again after he gets a whipping from his pa over uh, not going to school. <laughs> oh, man. Comes back home. Father, I've missed you. I've almost became a slave. Quack. Fuck, you dumb fuck. Pow, 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 pow. Then he goes, works as a, a drover again. Uh, then comes back home at age 16. Again. Yep. Again. Well, and then he actually did some work and was helping his family pay bills because he felt bad. Oh, yeah. August 1806, he was married at age 20 to Mary Finley, who was nicknamed Polly. They rented a small farm and cabin and had two boys. Here's a picture of the, them as a family killing a bear <laughs> with uh, help from their dog. Uh, so the dog's biting the leg. <laughs> and then the neighbor is swinging an axe at the head, and then the wife is ramming a, a pole down the bear's throat, and Davy's on his back uh, stabbing it. So cool! Bite the leg, Johnny. Look, look at the quality of that illustration. Looks like uh, this is. I'm. 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 Oh, yeah. I'm looks... looking at my timeline shit. Uh, <laughs> it's from one of the di- kind of dime novels, like written about him, like the Davy Crockett Almanacs. It, they have some fucking uh, wow. schizophrenic. Uh, nah, not schizophrenic. That's sorry about that. Uh, just, just this is wild night- ass. This is some nightmare shit, dude. Oh yeah, we'll get. I like the look on the wife's face. She's like, oh man. Yeah. And then this guy up on the left, he's riding. Well, that's fl- Davy. That's that's Davy that's, riding. That's his, Davey and in- he's riding his bear, his pet bear, whose name is Death Hug. Death Hug. Yes. <laughs> Steven Spielberg. <laughs> Steven Seagal. Steven Seagal is Death Hug. <laughs> uh, no, but he looks like he's he's in clown face. No, it's his beard. Oh, uh, sure. We'll go with that. Uh, I'm going to scan okay, that. The, I'm going to scan that page. Well, I, I'm going to try to find some on the internet so we don't, you know, we can oh, individually, because these are all great. Uh, yeah, in this Almanac cartoon, a knife-slashing, rifle-shooting Davy Crockett rides his pet bear, Death Hug, down a 90-foot waterfall <laughs> to escape from an army of Spaniards. <laughs> Which totally actually happened. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Oh, wait, we'll, we'll get to it. <laughs> oh, shit. So they go to Tennessee to... Because uh, you can still hunt there and, yep. and get meat for your family. Uh, he also fights in the Creek War yep. to help uh, avenge his grandfather's death there. Which that's the Red Stake War, right? Uh, probably. Yeah. Uh, and then he hi- helps fight uh, the uh, British in Spanish Florida in, in 1814. Yep. So Battle of New Orleans, 1814 kind mm-hmm. of area. Yep. And uh, he was in the Battle of New Orleans uh or actually, in 1815, is it the Battle of New Orleans? And they fired their guns, and the British kept it coming. Yep. So that basically ends it, but uh, basically he keeps fighting Indians because there's nothing else to do. It's like the hot yoga of its day. Shit. <laughs> Nobody else wants to fight me. Polly gave birth to a girl and then died. Of course, oh. it's the 1800s. 
leaving three small children for Crockett to raise. So he finds a neighbor widow and uh, named Elizabeth Patton and marries her. And she has uh, $800 cash. Uh, that was a considerable sum. It's like so. a dowry? Mm-hmm. <laughs> he finds a widow. She's like, oh, I reckon I want to get hitched to you. Oh, my husband might have something to say about that. <laughs> yeah. Well, now that you're a widow. <clears throat> yep. Would you like to consider my offer? So he was elected colonel of his local militia, so he'd keep that title for the rest of his life. 1821, he runs for state legislator. Uh, he was good at speechifying, drinking and chewing tobacco all at the same time, which made him popular with the voters out in Tennessee for some reason. Just thinking drinking and chewing tobacco is like, sounds like you mean he's drinking tobacco and, ju- and chewing tobacco uh, and speechifying. Yeah, why not both? Why not both? <laughs> Uh, eventually, he was elected U.S. Congress. Uh, he tried to get a bill passed to make it easier for poor people to actually purchase land. Mm. It never got passed, though. Of course. Uh, mostly because he wouldn't play politics or deal-making and or barter for votes. But he did what, uh, his colorful oratory combined with his mythic tales of hunting made him uh, famous countrywide. Right. One of so his- that's why he's... I'll get all these wonderful books about him. One of his mythic tales... Well, basically, is like he... Supposedly shot 47 bears in a month, so that's a lot of bears. Yeah. Um, but, you know, he'd tell his little stories, but he's talking about, like, you know, he's such a badass shot that one time he was just kind of hanging out and accidentally pointed his rifle at a tree, and a raccoon yelled, don't shoot, Davey, I'll come down. Oh, fuck off, yeah. dude. <laughs> <laughs> well, and as it gets into, like, as you were talking about these fucking books, I want you to, I want to draw your attention to this one, where Davy Crockett is indeed shooting lightning bolts out of his eyes and... Bo- <laughs> <laughs> And blowing up a pirate ship. What the fuck? And the, the caption is, Believing pirates akin to Yankee swindlers and unworthy to be killed like Christians, meaning with a gun, Davy blows them up by shooting lightning from his eyes. <laughs> and we also have... Defending New Orleans against besieging British, Crockett charges into battle on appropriate land and sea mount, an alligator carrying a cannon and ammunition. <laughs> so it's like literally he's riding an alligator with a can- uh, like a collar that has a cannon on yep. it. And just a box of grenades and shit. Did, oh. was, did he have his like his like eight year old son writing these stories? These for him? were mostly written after he died. Okay, um, and they were completely, by eight year olds. Yeah, or this one was where he's riding his alligator, you know, up Niagara Falls to escape from. <laughs> oh, this one he's kicking a Mexican soldier in the dick while simultaneously chopping off his head with oh, a broadsword. Yep. Um. <clears throat> wow. This one actually depicts his death, where he's got like. What, th- two knives and a bayonet in him, and he's still going to try to stab a guy. And then we have uh, the one where the bear is biting a guy, but then the alligator is biting the bear, causing a kind of a turducken <laughs> of, of agony situation while Davey looks horrified standing up to his ankles in a swamp. He's so, ho- he's horrified because he finally got a heart on. He's like, oh, shit, now i got to jack off to this. Try to, we're going to try to find individual one of, the, of these <laughs> to share with you all on the Instagram. Jesus Christ. But it's, it's, it's the most delightful thing, like, yeah. Uh, also in 1831, there's a play called The Lion of the West. Oh, yeah. That was loosely based on him. Uh, well, the, and the they, character's name was Colonel Nimrod Wildfire. <sighs> Fuck you. <laughs> Uh, oh hell yeah! Well, they kind of do that shit on uh, the Billy Bob Thornton elbow movie, where they have the guy in the coonskin cap, which Davy Crockett is not known for. Other, like he had one, but he'd only wear it when it's cold. But Disney really later popularized that with their shit, and they became all the rage in the what the forties, fifties. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But yeah, they have the actor like doing. A, I can whip a whip a million or whip a shit whip a. I can't do it. But the actor is like going through the lines, and then like his assistant's like, "He's here." He's like, "Who's here?" He's here. So the actor goes out, and it's actual Davy Crockett, and the actor. Oh, and the actor playing Davy yeah, Crockett. Oh, yeah, gotcha. it's kind of a funny fucking scene in that, oh, in that yeah. movie. Isn't that Don Aykroyd? I don't know. He's wearing so much fucking makeup. Could be. Wait, the guy that played Davy Crockett in the Alamo movie? No, the guy that played fake. The guy that played the guy Fakey playing Crockett? Da- Davy Fakey, Crockett. Fakey Crockett. Anyway, uh, Davy's uh, pissed at all these books because he's not. Mostly because they're made up and mostly because he's not making any money off of them. Right. So he writes his own autobiography in 1834, and that became a bestseller too. He included his slogan quote, Be always sure you're right, then go ahead. Which is not. That's catchy. Which is not terrible. Yeah. But he becomes disillusioned with politics. Uh, after serving under and supporting Jackson, he thought he turned and become corrupt by D.C. He said, I am still a Jackson man, but General Jackson is not. He's a Van Buren man. Ooh. Burn. Uh, Crockett votes against the Indian Removal Act, even though his grandpa was killed by Creeks. Well, but he's friends with other Indians. He's mm-hmm. just like Creeks. Uh, he loses his election, uh, but he kept his word and goes to Texas. Uh, basically, his family thought he wanted to move to Texas anyway, so it's just yeah. an excuse. At first, Crockett suggests the whole family go, but Elizabeth didn't like that idea. They would go later if Davy liked Texas. And if nobody got murdered, or no, not murdered, <laughs> I guess. It's not really murder, but, you know, if he didn't get slaughtered. Yep. Uh, he was hoping that was his last move. He took his trusty rifle, Betsy. Yep. And left November 1st. And his fiddle. Mm-hmm. Uh, he takes his time hunting along the way, killing more stuff, so... Yeah. But uh, January 12th, he pledges allegiance to the Texian army, though at age 50, he could have declined fighting, and he was sent to the Alamo. It's hard to believe so much beauty ended up in one place, America. And right now, you can see a lot more of it in a new Geo Metro from Alamo for just $15 a day. We call it Alamo's Great American Rate. One low rate, good from coast to coast. And nationwide, with Alamo, you get all the miles for free. A Geo Metro at Alamo's great American rate of $15 a day. It's the perfect way to tour America. From sea to shining sea. So Sandy Annie's still making his way, because it's a long walk. Making his way the only way he knows how. Mm-hmm. Uh, desertions were a problem. And a wave of dysentery broke, uh, rode through the soldiers' ranks. Which caused a lot of them to desert by dying. Mm-hmm. wonder if you're, you probably die while you're pooping at the same time. That's very likely. Yeah. <laughs> of course, Apaches stole their horses and mules, and Comanches attacked and killed the stragglers. I think they split it up. It was very literally the cost of doing business in Texas. The maize hardtack that they packed along was packed poorly, so it got wet and was ruined. <laughs> I, I beg to differ. It probably made it more... At least digestible. <laughs> Get a few mushrooms on there that, you know. They lose about 500 men on the march, uh, just dying of dysentery. Yeah. Reminds me of the fucking Chilkoot Pass, kind of, mm-hmm. with the ho- or Dead Horse Pass, only with guys. Oh, yeah, the Dead Horse Trail. Yeah. And, Dead of course, uh, even in Texas, February 13th, it snowed. Well, it'll do that. A few of the troops were from northern Mexico, most of them from the southern part, and that's the first time many of them saw snow. And it was knee deep by morning. And some, oh, of, fuck. and some of them, as we recall, may or may not have had shoes. And none, oh, of, them, yeah. none of them had any winter shit, like gloves. <laughs> uh, 
beginning in February, Saniani was in striking distance of Bayar there. He heard from spies that the Texians would have a Fandango that night. So he sent ahead a cavalry, uh, mo- though most of his troops were lagging behind because they didn't have shoes. What is a Fandango? Like a dance? Just a, a get-together party? Yeah, like a, okay. a brouhaha or a shindig or a fucking... So I was, I always thought that was because what's that fucking song? Wider Shade of... Wider Shade of... Scaramouche, Scaramouche, will you do the Fandango? Well, that or like a... Live life and dangle. That nice. fucking song? Yeah. I don't know that fucking song. Uh, it sounds like was it Brian Adams or some shit? No, it's... I think it's called Wider Shade of Pale. Procol no. Har- Harum? Fuck. You've heard this fucking song. I yeah, probably, you I probably have. have. Just play the whole thing. <laughs> and, <sorry. laughs> and then play it again backwards. Banger. This is like music to do heroin to. Uh-huh. While you're at a funeral. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Hammond organ really uh, really brings out the melancholy. There we go. I told you. Yep. Anyway. Uh, we Did you say skinned alive, Fandango? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> I skinned alive, fan mango. <laughs> skinned alive when they go. Yeah, wow, that's that's work. <laughs> <laughs> uh, February third, uh, Travis gets back to San Antonio. There, uh, he looks around and says, "This is not a proper fort." Is he a robot? <laughs> this is not a proper fort. He, he kind of is. Oh, he's, he's very literal about a lot of things. Okay. Travis and Bowie renewed acquaintances, and they don't like each other. Mm-hmm. Bo just quit the podcast. He's grabbing his bag and he's out of here. Oh, he's re upping his. The way to wash the gross taste of this raspberry warm white cloth in my mouth is with more raspberry warm white cloth. It's only been in my car for a month, so. Is it covered in butter at least? No, not this time. <laughs> just severely dented. Oh, yeah, that's pretty severely dented. Probably threw it out uh, Jim Bowie's. No, it kept on falling out of the back of my Jeep. So Travis was a little bit more refined than than Davy Crockett. Other, back than, what's other than the whoring and the. Uh, a few days after Travis gets there, Crockett appears in town, and the crowd asks for a speech. And Crockett got up on a wooden crate, and he told his, uh, "I'm going to hell, or you're going to Texas, whatever mm. story." Go to hell in Texas on a lightning bolt alligator. <laughs> uh, Neil leaves to go uh, attend to a family sickness, so they're down another leader again. Uh, that left Travis in charge as ranking officer. Uh, Bowie was more the emotional leader of the men there. Because he was always drunk with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, men had a problem with taking orders from the 26-year-old Travis. And the men asked Crockett to lead them, but he refused, saying he was just there to help. Yep. Tra- Travis held an election with the volunteers. Uh, they elect Jim Bowie. Though not much of a heavy drinker like Sam Houston, he goes on a drinking binge during that time. Perhaps he was reminded of his dead wife there in San Antonio because he was staying at their old house. No, oh, that'll do it. Yeah, that'll take a take a trip down memory lane. Mm-hmm. Uh, drunk Bowie. And he, gets- and he was sitting around listening to that shit song he just <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, drunk Bowie gets in the argument with Seguin when Seguin put a prisoner back in jail that Bowie released while he was drunk. No, he's fine. <laughs> he's even like a good enough guy. So then Bowie sends for more soldiers who were as drunk as he was, and they parade around the Alamo. <laughs> and some of them even sell their guns for alcohol. So they're doing, oh, they're doing fine. Houston was removed as governor. Uh, new Governor Smith sent a letter which expressed his support as Travis's leader. Then Texians got word from spies that a thousand soldiers were at the Rio Grande and um, waiting in Mexico there. And what was their response? Oh, I don't believe it. Yeah, that's bullshit. Oh, Fake fuck news. you. It's February. They can't possibly be up here. We won't if we see them at all. We won't be till next spring. Travis writes to Smith asking to be relieved of command, even though he probably thought Bowie was more popular anyway. So, and he also requests more troops. That's going to become a recurring theme. But uh, at least Bowie and Travis, uh, you know, make up their mind and make their stand at the Alamo there to yep. protect the white people of Texas. And they also, well, and at that time, a lot of times also the, you know, the uh, uh, the Tejanos were in with that too. It wasn't as, yeah, it was a little more integrated, I think, than it can be sometimes even today. But and then it, then it later is not. But um, uh, but uh, is this at the point where uh, Bowie? They basically decide that Bowie's, because Bowie's a colonel at this point, and uh, Travis is a, what, a captain, right? Something like that. And uh, But uh, they decide that uh, Bowie's, like, in charge of the volunteers, and Travis is in charge of the regular army of Texas, mm-hmm. which the fucked up part is since Texas isn't a thing yet, their regular army is just a militia anyway, really, because they're not, yeah. like, a real country. <laughs> so there's, like, volunteers, and then there's, like... Kind of special privilege volunteers. Well, you know? are they like better? Uh, are they actually like like uh, trained and shit? Kind of, except for no, because like it's not a country yet. Like they're kind of the same shit. It's just like uh, I think they maybe are supposed to get paid, but it's not like Texas has like taxes or anything yet. So I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I have a hard time with that distinction because like oh, oh we're the regular army of a of what of a country that doesn't exist <laughs> yeah, yet. Yeah, yeah. Uh, about this time, uh, Bowie comes down with a respiratory illness, either consumption or typhoid. COVID-19. Why not mm-hmm. both? COVID-18-19. So Travis uh, kind of takes over the duties of running the whole thing. Uh, this time there wasn't much complaining from the guys, though. Erastus Deef Smith. Yeah, that's my boy, Deef. Back in the saddle. Deef. Uh, he was uh, recently recovered from injury in Behar from, during the December battle. Mm-hmm. Probably he... Stood next to the cannon. I was going to say, deep. No, he was deep. He, was, he got deep in childhood. Oh, He okay. had a childhood illness. Uh, he was out on patrol, and he saw Sanyani's advanced army there. And then they trust you because it's Deef Smith. Good old Deef wouldn't lie to you like some Tejano peasant. But he goes to Gonzales to tell the governor, Henry Smith, there. Uh, Travis keeps sending messages daily requesting more men, ammo, and supplies. Hey, how about some of those men and supplies, please? Uh, February 17, he asked uh, James Fannin uh, over in Goliad to transfer some of his troops there. Two days later, Fannin asked the governor and the two-man advisory board. uh, They told him to stay in Goliad with his 400 troops. Uh, Fannin didn't have a lot of self-confidence, though, and he wanted to resign his command. It's always what you need as a (laughs) leader of a large military unit is low low self-esteem and lack of confidence in your own leadership. (laughs) <laughs> These gummy bears have a myriad of flavors, some of which are great and, and some of which make me want to die. Really? The the dark green ones are dope because I think that's sour green apple. Yeah, yeah. I like them all so far. You eat 
only the, this is, you know. No, this one's lasted me a few days. No, I'm saying, but this is the kind of food product you generally eat anyway, between licorice and gummies. Yeah. So you probably have a more refined palate for it. I went to, there's a, a independent uh, grocery store up the hill from me called Red Apple, and they have like a, you know, bulk food section where nothing has br- brand names on it, and they have that this case of gummy bears that was, has the the most, like, variation in color I've ever seen in a pack of gummy bears. Mm-hmm. It, they're incredible. It's a veritable United Nations of gummy bears. <laughs> My gummy bear's about to get bombed by That's Russia. A, <laughs> there's a sour green apple one. Why do they all have little A's printed on their belly? At first I thought it had a little boner, but it's just a letter A. <laughs> no, it's got a scarlet letter. It's because all these bears fucked out of wedlock. Mm. Mm. There you go. What or, was the bear's name? Or the anarchy bear. <laughs> anarchy bear! <laughs> hold the government! Uh, Seguin's cousin, Blas Herrera, he comes in. He says there's a Mexican army marching towards him. Hey, guys, it's starting to sound like there might actually be a Mexican army marching towards us. Like everyone's been saying. <laughs> so uh, Travis and the others are finally convinced after much discussion. February 26th, or 22nd, they still plan on their Fandango that night because mm. it was George Washington's birthday. Oh. It's your birthday. And it's your birthday. Happy birthday. So uh, they're trying to sleep off their hangover there when they heard a commotion in the streets. A bunch of people in town were leaving in a hurry. Uh, Travis issued orders to stop the citizens, but it didn't matter. All is well. All is well. (laughs) Return to your homes. By noon, uh, the explanation uh, came in that the Mexican cavalry was just a few hours west of town. Travis was still skeptical, though. (laughs) Because he's been hearing these stories for weeks. So he posted a, a, uh, a guy to watch out from the bell tower of the church. So you have a good 15 minutes of warning. Mm-hmm. All right, hear me out. You get a really big bed sheet, right? Like a really, really big bed sheet. And you lay it over the whole town, and they won't even know it's there, dude. Right. They'll just cr- they'll cruise right on by. Yep, so a half hour later, the church bell rings. Just do the blazing saddles and build a plywood town. Yeah, right. like, put up a toll booth. <laughs> and the watcher shouts, the enemy's in view. But they still couldn't see anybody. It's exactly like fucking blazing saddles. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, but the guy in the church bell said they hid in the bush, and they thought it was a false alarm. So they send out two guys to check it out. They told Travis if they returned with any gate but a walk, they had seen the enemy. Mm. So if they, what if they don't return? <laughs> yeah, if they see the enemy. I like any gate but a walk. They're like skipping. Yeah, Holding what does hands? that mean? <laughs> Crab walk. So later in the afternoon of the twenty second, a heavy rain hit, uh, making rivers hard to cross. There. Well, that's at least advantageous. Mm-hmm. Uh, part of the troops that did get across one of the rivers there, but the ammo wagon was still stuck on the other side. Um, so they had to wait till the next morning. Damn it. But the two uh, two guys they sent out uh, found the thousand soldiers that were hiding in the one bush. Oh, there's in the one bush. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's all chaparral mesquite, and yeah, it's pretty. Yeah. Uh, so they head back. Uh, one of the horses slipped on the, the mud. One guy wow. fell off. It's like he fell off his horse. What does that mean? Uh, but the pace sent the message back, to the, and the church bell was sounded again. 
Travis Travis sent word uh, immediately to Gonzalez asking for help and other rider and other guys to Goliad for help. They have 146 men there, and they'll hold out as long as they could. I like how there's probably like every 10 hours or so, a rider rides into a different town asking for help. Like they're just trickling out guys, you know? <laughs> yeah, because. It takes you so long to get there, and like, as one horse gets tired, or the other guy kind of catches up. So, hey, we need help. A few hours later, hey, we all need help. Hey, when did you get here? Like two hours ago. Fuck. Okay. <laughs> uh, he puts uh, Crockett and his twelve Tennessee boys in the uh, one part that was vulnerable, probably the one with half a wall. Or yeah, something. that's one of my favorite bluegrass in. bands, Crockett mm-hmm. and the Twelve Tennessee Boys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 12 Tennessee boys. <laughs> uh, Bowie found enough strength to lead his men outside to gather more food. About half the guys were outside the Alamo. Then they hurry back in, basically, so whoever's trapped in town at the time uh, goes back into the Alamo, too. Various women and children's. By early evening, all but a few rebels were inside the Alamo. Uh, 500 yards away at the bell tower of the church bell, a blood-red banner was put up by the Mexican army, meaning no quarter. Yep. Uh, Travis saw this and ordered the cannon to be fired. Yep, like I said, Travis likes communicating with cannons. Oh, remember, shit. remember when they did mm-hmm. uh, Galveston Bay? And yep. So the Mexican army fires back. Uh, siege etiquette at the time was that the attacking army would give the other army a chance to surrender. Uh, I like the term siege etiquette. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, Bowie- it's like machine gun etiquette. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, how do? Seguin's help, because he was still sick, he wrote a letter, and Green Jameson took the note to the Mexican army. Texians wouldn't accept any terms, because basically it was unconditional surrender, because years earlier uh, they did surrender and the Mexican soldiers hung everybody. Yeah. Uh, so both sides settle in for a siege. Yay. Well, and in some accounts, and they kind of show this on the Billy Bob Thornton one, is like while they're negotiating, Travis decides to fire cannons again, thus cutting off negotiations. <laughs> uh, Sandy Annie didn't really have any heavy siege cannons, though. The biggest he had were the two 12-pounders. Right. Which, in the Alamo, the one thing they did have is they had a big motherfucker, one big motherfucker that was left there was like a fucking like 18-pounder or something. Mm-hmm. Just big. And they also had one up in the church tower. That I think the the Mexican army had rigged there before the uh, you know before the first taking of the Alamo. So you have a cannon that's up in a tower. They've got it pretty as well as they can covered with cannon at this point. But of course, you know the smaller your cannons are, the closer you are to have to get them. Yeah. Basically, the Mexican Mexican army found shoes in a store. Which, yes. Which <laughs> they just looted right away. <laughs> 
They also took over abandoned houses and booted out the ones that were occupied. Spies told Sandiani that the rebels had about four weeks of food. Uh, he also knew that Sam Houston would uh, be coming with an army at some point. Not really. Nope. Uh, so he had to crush these guys at some point soon, uh, rather than wait for, for them to give up. Though they were surrounded, the, uh, the line, it was pretty easy to get out and people to communicate. Right. The Alamo defenders hoped that they only had to hold out a few days before Fannin showed up with his 400 guys. Yeah. 400 guys versus? 1,000. At this point. At this point, yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Sam Houston was surely gathering an army, too, they thought. Uh, the Mexican army kept up a steady but intermittent fire from their artillery only 400 yards away. And Bowie's just sick in bed, just hanging out. Probably delirious and... Coughing up blood. Yep. Early February 25th, Santiani sent about 300 men within 100 yards of the Alamo. Rebels in a trench let loose a hail of uh, well-aimed musket fire and dropped several attackers. Uh, the artillery directed a heavy barrage of grape shot and canister. Which is big shotgun shells. Yep. Which, when you're uh, armed with brown bests, your general uh, thing is to line people up straight up revolutionary st- war style. Yeah, yeah. I like how I said revolutionary. Revolutionary. Uh, but, uh, yeah. And so when you're doing that and you get some canister shot, it's going to fucking punch some big old holes in, in your lines. Yep. So the Mexican army tries one more charge, but they fall back. Basically, this is two hours of fighting, and they retreat back. Two men killed and six wounded. In the meantime, Santiani's hanging out. He found out about a widow of a Mexican soldier that had a hot daughter. (laughs) The widow wouldn't allow her to see Santiani unless they were married, though. Mm. So they got the daughter and uh, some vestments from the priest, basically put on a priest costume, yep. and they marry each other and go have to, a fake s- wedding so they to, can have sex to sp- with a... spirit of Halloween store and get a Pope, pope costume. <laughs> Wait, he's doing this in the middle of a battle? <laughs> yep. Well, it's Santa Ana. He doesn't give... <laughs> no, he's actually fighting. So Seguin volunteered to take another message to Fannin. Uh, they're, it's bitter cold, and they're running out of wood inside there. Right. And, of course, he ended, uh, all the uh, letters are ended with uh, victory or death by, mm-hmm. by Travis there. Victory or die. say war? But, of course. Why else do you think you're here? You were recruited by the Star League to defend us. To defend the frontier against Zur and the Kodan Armada. You, and you alone, stand between us and the black terror of the Kodan. Victory or death. Express writer John Johnson arrived in Goliad two days after leaving the Alamo. Hey, Gabby Johnson, what's John Johnson talking about? That was uh, Mari's first host family. John Johnson, the ones that put mayonnaise in her hair for lice. Yeah, which she didn't have. Yeah, but one of the, one of their kids did. Yeah, I know. <laughs> So they're like, oh, she's from another country. She must have brought the lice. It's yeah. like, what the fuck, yeah, she, dude? Japan, known for its lice. Yeah. yeah. Okay. John Johnson. Uh, he exaggerates the size of the Mexican army and says, there's 3,000 of them. It's like, well, we should really go then. Yeah. Uh, he hands the, the written plea to James Fannin. He decides to leave 100 men behind and take 320 with him to Behar there. Next morning, they set out. 200 yards from town, three supply wagons broke down. Shit. By sunset, they finally got their artillery across the river. (laughs) They go back to uh, Goliad to sleep. Uh, Now they name it Fort Defiance. Yeah, time. 
I love that. We're on a road. Eh, we're close enough to home. Let's just, instead of camping out Take here, let's down. just go back. Let's leave all the shit here. We'll come pick it up in the fucking morning. <laughs> and during the night, all the oxen wander off, so they had to be found the next morning. Because, yeah, fucking assholes. So they have another uh, meeting there, Council of War. You know, they didn't have a lot of food either. And there's rumors of Santa Annie marching towards them. So they elect to stay at Goliad. Uh, they get another 25 men from Gonzales, though, so they're well-supported. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. 25 men with 15 rifles. <laughs> Literally dozens of men. <laughs> yeah. So they're still waiting it out. February 28th, three days after Thursday's attack, Travis sent two more couriers to Gonzales and Goliad. Uh, no further attacks, though. Basically, Travis is, like, spam-calling all these places for, like, support. <laughs> Would you like to uh, donate to the Washington State Highway Patrol? <laughs> <laughs> so, of course, it's uh, nights were cold and well into the 40s. That's cold. With a strong wind, too. Uh, Bowie had realized the extent of his illness, and he was moved to the building near the main gate. Not to give it to others, not to spread it around. Yeah. His sister-in-law was taking care of him, though. Uh, Crockett encouraged the men constantly, though. He played tunes on the fiddle during breaks in the fighting. Yay, men. Go, men. Here's Turkey in the Straw. Yay, men. <laughs> I'm thinking more like we were talking about with the uh, like uh, uh, hockey moms and shit. Like, mm-hmm. Come on, sweeties. You guys got <laughs> this. Then he plays them. Chin up. Then he plays Devil Went Down to Georgia. Yeah. Joined in by a Scotsman named John McGregor, who, uh, McGregor, who brought his bagpipes. Oh, oh man. shit! Yeah, <laughs> and the fuck. two two would go back and forth in a in a competition Dude. who could make the most most noise. Fuck oh. yeah! Oh, I'm so I'm gonna I'm about to design that that experience. <laughs> you will be able to live exactly what they fucking lived in right now. Oh, I can hear the, his, the history, and it makes me want to cut off my ears. <laughs> get 32 more guys in Alamo from Gonzales. They said more's coming, so they're getting a little optimistic there. So um, like when four more guys showed up, see, we told you. <laughs> told you. <laughs> so for years afterwards, uh, uh, they would claim that Crockett killed the first uh, Mexican soldier there at the range of 200 yards. 
and barely missed Sandiani while he was surveying the Alamo for preparation of an attack. Oh, yeah, because he threw like a bear at him or some shit. Though the Texians uh, didn't have anybody killed yet, their hospital was full, and Fannin should have been there by now. Even Crockett was losing his optimism. Uh, he said several times he didn't like to be hemmed in. Uh, he spoke from personal experience, because during the Creek War, he had a group of men burn down a house that had 46 warriors inside. Oh, yeah. Later, they picked through the charred corpses in the cellar of the house. Uh, the blood of the warriors cooked the potatoes that's, that were stored down there, and more the like, men ate them. It was more like the fat, but sure. Yeah. They do uh, talk about that in the, in the what is it, 2006 Alamo? Yeah, something. Just talking about, like, yeah, the, the fat rendering off all the bodies, like, cooked the potatoes. Uh, so it's like French fried. Uh, and, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, most of the Texians sleep at their posts with their guns, and every night the Mexican army moves closer, but still out of rifle range yeah. at least. Uh, Mexican bands would uh, break into music every once in a while to signal attack, but they were just fucking with them. want to think they're like doing La Bamba. <laughs> so by Wednesday, more of the same, kind of cold and getting shelled every once in a while. Mm, cold and getting shelled. Sounds like World War One almost. <laughs> uh, you know, they're getting word that, you know, there's a bunch of people coming, but they should have been there by now because it's been five days already. They're getting low on cannon powder, so they kind of used it sparingly now. More Mexican soldiers continue to roll in. Travis still wrote letters for help and, of course, signed it victory or death. Uh, the sight of reinforcements of Mexican soldiers worried uh, many guys inside, and they wrote final letters to their families back home. And they signed those victory or death. Mm-hmm. Should start like putting that as your email tag. <laughs> See you soon, Grandma. Love you. Victory, victory or, or death. death. <laughs> so March first on uh, Washington on the Brazos. There, forty-one convention members in a cold house with no windows or heat. They vote for Declaration of Independence. Modeled on America's. There's actually, I got a picture of that house somewhere in this book, and it looks like shit. And then there's also, for some reason, while the picture's being taken, a guy on horseback just aiming a rifle at something off camera. <laughs> so Sam Houston was the only one who actually spoke, though. He wouldn't leave there without complete control over all the armed forces there. Uh, that afternoon was his 43rd birthday, so happy birthday. Uh, the declaration signing was postponed one day to fix all the spelling errors, though. That's at least better than you do with your yeah. fucking notes. <laughs> uh, thinking Fannin was on his way to the Alamo and that they were holding steady, the Texians went on a two-day drinking spree with eggnog and fortified spirits. Mm. Yum, eggnog. How the fuck do you get eggnog? <laughs> <laughs> I love fucking eggnog. Should make white Russians with eggnog. It's, Ooh, the, it's the jam. That sounds excellent. So me and my sister and brother-in-law were doing. Growing, also, I'm trying to find out. Trying to find out when La Bamba was written. They might have been playing La Bamba during this shit because it's like an old Mexican yeah, they, folk it song. Is, yeah. yeah, I don't think Sandiani would allow something so festive though. He'd, he's like <laughs> doing more like talk about uh, do the one about my dick is huge and I kill everyone and I own everything. <laughs> do that one from uh, Star Trek. Where yeah. They fight each other. Yeah. <laughs> so Friday, March fourth, in the afternoon, Sandiani called in his generals. And they decide to make an assault. 
And the ASNEN reminded them that there'd be no prisoners, despite some objections to that. If you, just so you remember, there will be no prisoners. So basically, they just decide to attack not on a on an attack plan, and then they go to bed without a plan, because Saniani always would like to make up his mind himself, yep. not tell anybody about he, it. He's the decider. And just like go. Sam Sam Houston would do the same thing too. Mm-hmm. Uh, he would uh, Saniani would rather sacrifice his troops rather than wait for for them just to starve out, yep. which might be just another week or so. There's no glory in starving out. Well, I mean, they had. Uh, I was just looking at how much shit they had. They had. Uh, 80 bushels of dried corn and 30 steers and cows. Yeah, they had about a month's worth, I guess, that we said earlier. Uh, Saturday, March 5th, Sandiani announced they would attack before dawn at 4 a.m. And they would attack from all four directions at once, like Ninja 3, the domination. (laughs) To maximize the chances of us shooting each other. Yes. And General Cause would lead the first attack because he was uh, getting some revenge on that first battle or, in San Antonio. Or he is also like getting punished for losing the first battle in San Antonio. <laughs> <laughs> so inside the Alamo, the rebels were running low on food. Uh, also, the cramped conditions led to dysentery, so everybody has the shits now. Mm. Jim Bowie didn't even come out now, seeing he was in that bad of shape, kind of in a delirium. Uh, Travis laid out the situation candidly. It said, looks like we're fucked. So he takes out his sword and traced a line in front of him and told him that each man could take their make their own decision to die. So Bowie on his cot has to be carried across. For that uh, that drawing the line in the sand with the sword has proved to be a powerful. A powerful oh, well, it makes it. Yeah, still, story. yeah, it's better drama. Yeah. In fact, here's a picture of that. Celebrate 160 years of Pelt Magazine with all the exclusive stories from today's top trappers. Get ready for candid confessions from the most manly of mountain men, an up-close focus on wild animals that kill and river rapids that thrill. Opulence Unlimited on intimate tours of the world's most palatial beaver dens and the most captivating of bear caves. Stories from trappers that trap the imagination of a nation. All this and more in the anniversary edition of Pelt Magazine. Get your copy of Pelt 160th Anniversary Edition from Sequoia and Swagger today. A Bronson Swagger Company. So the story is everybody crossed the line except for uh, Luis uh, Rose. He was a swarthy Frenchman who could speak Spanish and he hoped to escape and pass as a Mexican. Oh, that's... (laughs) Okay. Oh, I mean, he's not wrong. Mexican. He's like, hey, fellows, I am uh, not uh, how you say uh, suicidal. Uh, I wish you the best of luck, and I will be heading out uh, now. Yeah, me, me and him are going to pose as, uh, <laughs> as Mexican <laughs> soldiers. Donde esta del bibliotec? Yeah, yeah. Donde esta del baño? Uh, yo me gusta el toco discos. So at 5.30, the Bugle announced the Mexican Army's charge, and the band played the Degailo, or... Yeah, the the Garo. The Garo. I think. No quarter. uh, No, slit throat. Oh, slit throat. Uh, So Travis and his uh, slave Joe, they run up to the north wall where most of the action was going on. We need some action if we're going to make it like a true survivor.
there he saw, you know, thousands of troops moving towards him. Uh, they gave him a cannon blast, uh, knocking down a few of them. But uh, eventually they get underneath the cannons. Yep, that's problematic. You gotta have a good enough depression angle. Yep, so the Texans are shooting over the edge with their rifles. Look out, man, I'm over the edge. Uh, Travis stepped uh, past the cannon and blasted with his shotgun. And so did Joe. Uh, before Travis could be uh, reload, uh, he got a bullet in the forehead. Right. Although, like, he got better, right? Mm-hmm. No, yeah, he got... Um, let's put it this way. He was in better shape than everybody that was still fighting because <laughs> he didn't have to get shot to <laughs> More than once. So uh, Joe runs inside a room and hides and locks the door like a smart person. Like, I've had enough of this shit, and uh, I don't work for you anymore. <laughs> Take this job and shut it. I ain't working here no more. <laughs> so I like this paint- painting that was painted like... Uh, this painting is uh, from Henry McArdle, Don at the Alamo, completed around 1905, after years of research, recreates the violence of the battle at its climax. But here we see uh, Travis just walking along like the fucking Terminator. He's literally stepping on a dying Mexican soldier while another guy's coming up behind him with a bayonet. And he's murking a uh, Mexican flag carrier because you know when you're climbing a storming the wall, you gotta definitely got to bring the flag. Got to. So he's just like, he's looking straight ahead. But he's just icing this guy with like a flintlock Point pistol without even looking at him. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, a little, little bit of uh, liberties taken. Yeah, you know here, you got uh, Davy Crockett down here grabbing this guy's rifle and beating him with like the broken end of a rifle. I'm not sure what's going on with this other guy, but he's carrying the death flag, that red, the, the no red flag. The no quarter flag. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's it's a compelling picture. It's kind of so. What what's the term no quarter mean? No quarter, like I'm, we're gonna kill everybody. There, we will take no prisoners. Oh, okay, got it. Yeah. So uh, some of the Mexican soldiers uh, fired high, shooting from the hip to avoid the kick of the gun, and some uh, in the back accidentally shot the guys in the front because they're not aiming. Whoops. (laughs) And it's brown best, so you're kind of, it's like shooting marbles, you know. Yeah. Uh, Many were getting picked off by cannon fire, too, and progress was kind of stalled at the walls, and disorder began. Uh, Crockett and his Tennessee boys defended the wooden palisade running between the church and the gatehouse. Which, let's see, uh, there. Um, oh, cool. There's like a whole diagram yep. in this book. So that kind of helps deflect the attack. And it kind of, most of the uh, people come in from the north side then. Uh, the Tennessee boys followed Crockett to the west wall where most of the action was going on too. So Saniani kind of sees the attack wavering. So he sends in his reserves of his best troops. Uh, at the northeast corner where the cannon couldn't reach him, and officers climbed up on ladders. Oh, yeah, this corner here, yeah, because there's kind of that gap here. Uh, we'll post a picture of the thing. There's plenty of diagrams of it, but yeah. it's basically a palisade wall with a cattle pen with one cannon, but the main corner here has no cannon, and you kind of have a dead spot, so they're going to be coming in there. Got it. So uh, a couple of generals actually run up on ladders, and that kind of inspired the rest of the guys to follow up. Trying to fucking bootleg some Sandy Annie looking for mm-hmm. a fucking promotion. Yep. <laughs> On the west side, Kaz's man broke through a barricaded door and into the courtyard. Yay. In the southwest corner, the soldiers climbed up uh, to the 18-pound cannon that they uh, had in the Alamo there. And they, this one here. And they spiked it, rendering it useless. I don't know how you spike a cannon. You, like sh- you pick it up and you throw it straight on the ground. Yeah, yeah, literally, yeah, you, literally all you do is you take a big chunk of wood that's bigger than the cannonball but it will still fit and you you 
pl- plunge it in there like a cork, so they can't get it the fuck oh. out. So therefore, you can't load a cannonball. Ah, mm-hmm. you basically do the Bugs Bunny sticking your finger in, in the barrel. In, in the barrel, yeah. only you do it with like a log. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, so they kind of fall back inside the uh, fort there, um, and they make a stand. Crockett and his men. Uh, Jim Bowie's just still left in his room by the main gate there. Are we winning? <laughs> so now, the, <laughs> how we doing? So now the fighting's uh, hand to hand. There's no time to reload muskets because they become clubs. Yeah, it's like Army, well, Army of Darkness. <laughs> well, it, <laughs> exactly. But here's where the problem with like uh, the brown best. Not the problem. Now it's an advantage because we were right. talking about that big close, ass close bayonet. quarter. Fucking, you got a spear. Think of it as a spear, yeah. not a firearm. Yeah, yeah. Well, guess what? Almost every guy in the Mexican infantry is armed with fucking spears. Baby. Whereas most of the Kentucky, like most of the volunteers. It's it's Kentucky rifles, which are not military rifles or hunting rifles, so they don't have any ba- way to put a bayonet on them. Right. So they, like you saying, they're having to be swung like a baseball bat, as we see one David oh, Crockett shit. doing here. Uh, dressed, <laughs> oh, he's, he's dressed, dressed like 1950s David. He Crockett, is definitely too. dressed like 1950s <laughs> David Crockett. Buckskins and a fucking like coonskin. Well, hat I like and... how like he's just gonna straight like do the El Cabong on this guy. Uh-huh. Like uh, one cannon battery was wheeled around and. Fired inside uh, before the uh, before the Mexicans took it out. Uh, some uh, Texians made it out through a door, but the uh, the horsemen of the Mexican army kind of all lanced them to yeah, death. I was gonna say this is back when they still had lancers. Oh shit! Mm-hmm. Uh, inside the fort, uh, General Amador of the the Mexican army there had his men turn the cannon around to pound the buildings within the plaza. Uh, they blasted solid shot into doors. Uh, they stormed each room and killed every man they came across. Uh, some rebels tied white socks to their bayonets, but when the Mexican soldiers entered, they were shot with their pistols. Then all the rebels were killed, no matter what. Uh, wow, that was abrupt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then they were all dead. <laughs> uh, Tejano, named uh, Brigado Guerrero, begged for his life and said he was just going along. He was held against his will. So he was spared. Uh, the Mexican soldiers enter the hospital and kill everybody there. Oh, that's um, kind of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, uh, they find a dark room below, so there is a basement. Mm-hmm. Fifteen, uh... A dark room? It's where they're developing film? Yes. Mm-hmm. So, fifteen men inside, so they just aim a cannon and full grape <laughs> shot oh, into it. Oh, shit, fuck. dude. <laughs> then they turn it into a hamburger shack? Yeah, no shit. <laughs> oh, fucking hell, dude. If you mean shack made of hamburger, yes. <laughs> Finally, they take out the church, blasting the door open. Uh, inside, there was a man ready to blow up the powder magazine there, but he was shot before he could light it. What? I, I picture, like, holding a match and, like, doing the look over mm-hmm. your shoulder, like, oh, no. Boom. You know. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Joe Travis, he was inside. Someone yelled in English, any Negroes in there? Joe stepped out. Hi. Uh, he was bayoneted in the side and ah! shot in the side, too. Ow! Oh, damn it, hey, dude. fuck! But neither wound was serious. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Sorry, man. We're cool. So he was taken to Santa Yanni, and uh, Joe was forced to point out the bodies of Travis and Crockett. Um, Bowie was found killed in his bed. Uh, of course, the, the the stories were that he shot a couple of people while he was sick in bed, yeah. but probably not. Yeah. In the church sacristy, the women and children were hiding. A Mexican officer came in and asked for Mrs. Dickinson. And he said, come with me if you want to live. <laughs> come with me if you want to live. Oh, excellent. Get to the chopper. Uh, they prated her out to the main gate, but she was also shot in the leg. <laughs> These guys are all fucking fired up now. Like. Yeah. 
But a friend had asked Sandy Andy to spare her life. That's why they asked for her. And the rest of the women and children went with her. So more than a 1,000 Mexican uh, soldiers crowded the fort. Uh, those rebels found still alive were given a musket shot or a bayonet stab. Hey, lovely parting gift. Uh, <laughs> here's your contemplation, er, con- contemplation prize. Contemplation prize. <laughs> Think about this for a while. Yeah. <laughs> so their corpses were stripped of all clothing, valuables, and shoes. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, just an hour had passed since the first bugle call, so that's all it took. I, yeah, I heard 90 minutes, or under 90 minutes. Uh, five prisoners were brought to San Yanni. He said, uh, I said, take no prisoners, God damn it. Exactly. So he turns his back and they shot them all. Yeah. yeah. All right. See, in the, in the Billy Bob Thornton, Thornton one, it's depicted as like the last guy standing is Davy Crockett. And then they bayonet him while he's all like fucking tied up. Mm-hmm. But that, that is not the case. Yeah. But it's a very good dramatic moment in the yeah. show, but not afraid it's not the case. So they alternate layers of wood and corpses. And set them all on fire. Oh, okay. So they make like a fucking seven-layer bean dip out of them? Seven-layer, well, like, more like a cabin. <laughs> okay, well, we're going to build a cabin out of your corpses and then burn it down. Fuck yeah, that's some Viking-ass shit or something. I don't know, like, metal. Uh, one Mexican officer wrote, uh, another victory like this one, we may all end up in hell. Mm. Oh, shit. Well, at least that guy's introspective. <laughs> yeah, right. Whereas Sani Annie is probably just like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Do it again. Yeah. So they, they will. Let, yeah. Yep. So they let Mrs. Dickinson leave, and outside of town, she meets up with Joe, and that's Travis's slave there, and they ride back uh, to the colonies, and they were met with uh, by Deef Smith, mm. who was out m- looking, uh, reconnoitering. He's out rangering. I love yep. fucking Deef Smith and his guys, because they're kind of like... Proto like special operations type soldiers, they're like out like and he he later after this uh, leads a he, he was uh, a ranger right he became a Texas ranger yeah. after this, but like you know this guy has hearing impairments and stuff but his guys are like the ninja in the night fucking like sneaking up on shit and fucking sabotaging shit and so Sunday the thirteenth uh, Houston uh, finally gets word of this and the probably now two thousand Mexican soldiers after him yeah. Uh, he only had 400 guys so far. Uh, he would retreat, but not surrender. Yeah, and they're all, the guys are all pissed because they're like, God damn it, like, we should be fighting. And he's like, you dumb cracker fucks. You are all going to die. <laughs> <laughs> yep, and they leave Gonzales and they burn it so the Mexican army couldn't use it. So everybody's going east and kind of picking up everybody as they go along. Oh, uh, there's one guy in Goliad, uh, Amon King. He loitered. And he punished the people in town for being loyal to Mexico. So he was caught It's up. like one guy, like, just berating the whole town and, like, kicking them in the butts. And, mm-hmm. like. So General Urea of the... Uh, I, man, that, that guy has, he has the most unfortunate name. <laughs> That's too bad, man. It's not spelled, like, properly like, Urea, like Urea, but, like... Uh, he, he caught up with them the next day, and they shot it out. But the next day, they were overtaken and captured. 33 of them were executed. Uh, the rest of the guys evaded capture for a week, but they were taken on March 22nd. Well, and that's the thing. And is then like, they would be re- returned to Goliad. Well, and, and Urea kept on, like, kind of sending dispatches to Santa Ana and being like, hey, can we just keep these guys prison? I don't, you know, I don't think they deserve execution. And Santa Ana would be like, nah. No, just, we're, Fuck we're gonna We're going to execute them. Yeah. All of them. Fucking all of them. Well, because Santa Ana's policy was the, 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 the rebels were not rebels, they were pirates. 
So they were not like proper soldiers. They were not anything like that. And pirates deserve no mercy, as we learned from the picture of Davy Crockett blowing up yeah, a pirate ship say, and lightning Davy, from his eyes. Davy Crockett, lightning, you lightning know, uh, what, What's the terminology from the uh, uh, from the golden age of pirates? Basically, like um, shit. Basically, it just means like enemies of all humanity. Like is what pirates were branded. Okay. Uh, so therefore, they were not to be treated like people or any. You know, like. It's just destroy at all costs. So, uh, March nineteenth, Fannin took the torch to Goliad and fled east, but they forgot to bring food. Whoops! <laughs> I feel like we're forgetting something. Yep. Kevin. Ah! <laughs> so it was slow going. So he called to rest, despite warnings from most of his officers. There, he kind of had a low opinion of Mexican soldiers, and they uh, wouldn't attack him. Hour and a half later, a unit of Mexican cavalry blocked their way. Uh, some of his officers said, let's head for the trees and take cover. Yes. But Fannin said, let's form a hollow square and put four remaining cannon not all four sides. That's not a terrible idea. So also, the the the, uh, the thing I was looking for with the pirates in Latin is hostis human, humani generis, means enemy of all mankind. Okay. So, yes. Got it. So, uh, basically, they hold off the army for a little while. Basically, they built a fort out of guys with rifles and then put cannons in all four corners with, yeah. like, no palisade. <laughs> but it works. I mean, if that's well, all you got to work with, that's all you got to work well, with. Well, it's Ninja 3, the domination, only Opposite. firing outwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we learned something today. <laughs> so, they hold them off for a day, but the uh, next day, they see the Mexican artillery kind of above them on the high ground And that's there. where you're going to get the piss pounded out of you and you're fuck rude. So, so eventually he calls for a parlay. Uh, he got Urea to agree to treat him <laughs> as prisoners of war, and Urea said he'd protect him from execution. Uh, they were take Urea is writing checks that his ass cannot cash. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, they said they'd be taken back to New Orleans by ship, and if they promised not to fight, so they gave up their guns and headed back to Goliad, where they all packed into a church. So Urea goes out looking for more Texians, leaving his uh, lieutenant colonel, um, De La Porta, in charge, uh, telling him not to kill the prisoners. But Saniani sent him a letter telling him to treat them as pirates and execute them immediately. Yep. So, thus, thus rendering the goodwill or any kind of trust between any remaining kind of trust between any kind of Mexican army official yeah. and the Texians completely null and void and yeah. like... So that's the thing you don't do. If you're wanting people to actually surrender, maybe when they surrender... You let them live? You treat them yeah. accordingly and don't bullshit, because <laughs> if you if you want to fuck around and cause more people to rebel against you and just not surrender, just do do what Sammy Andy is doing. Yeah. So De La Porta thinks about it for a day, and it's like, well, I better. So at dawn the next Je- morning... Jeopardy music playing on... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Next morning, that was Palm Sunday, the Texians were woke and separated into four groups, each getting a different story. Yeah, let's go gather some wood. Yeah. I'm going to take you to a nice farm upstate <laughs> where you can play with other Texians. About a half hour later, they were halted and then all shot at close range. And the ones that didn't die first were shot again, bayoneted or lanced. Oh, how nice of them. Uh, somehow 28 people managed to escape across the San Antonio River there. Uh, back at the fort, the 50 wounded were taken out and shot against the church wall. Mm. Uh, Fannin was the last to die. He actually, uh, made up for his, uh, low... Self-esteem? Yep, and, uh... Yeah, if you'll recall, Fannin was the yeah, guy who yeah. was supposed to send out the relief column and then right, stayed right. in Goliad. 
But uh, he sat bravely in his chair and shot in the face. All right. It's like, body it's just like going to the dentist, really. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we give you something to numb that. <laughs> oh, Can you imagine if your dentist whipped out a fucking Glock? You're like, uh, what are you doing? Don't worry about it. It's just tools, man. Well, I mean. <laughs> Going to remove a whole I, bunch I, of your I, teeth. I hate going to the dentist so much that I, I guess it wouldn't really frequent me anymore than right. the other shit. Actual He's going to be pulling, pulling out and shoving into my face. So, so uh, yeah, that kind of turns uh, everybody's... Uh, if they weren't mad at Sandy Andy before, they're definitely mad oh, at yeah. him now. Like yeah. the, the Elmo was bad enough, but Goliad, ooh. Especially when people surrender, ooh. Fuck. So after 40 days of fleeing, Sam Houston was finally ready to fight. Well, the, why was he fleeing, though? It wasn't because he's, he's chicken shit, even though everybody- He's gathering more dudes, too. He's gathering more dudes, and he's looking for a time and place of his choosing, and also, trick, A, tiring out the much larger army of Santa Ana because they have a smaller force- so they have a huge Mexican force. Well, you can't logistically follow with that huge of a force. You got to split off. It's kind of a custard. oh, he's breaking them up into it's little kind of a custard thing. You got to yeah. have to leave your pack trains behind and get kind of your quickest, you know, lightest shit to follow. And he keeps them moving, keeps them moving because he needs to be able to find a place to fight them. But meanwhile, the Texas like government and even some of his own army is like, stop being such a pussy traitor coward, you piece of shit. We're gonna we want to fight now. Right, head on, he's fucking like, take the like, yeah. yeah, yeah. And plus, Sandy kind of splits up his his army to go look for him too. Well, that's what I'm saying. Is yeah. like he has to, so you can take smaller bites out of this giant cheeseburger. Well, mm-hmm. and because finding the smaller army, doing all that, like a big army is easy to fucking track. Yeah, smaller army, it's like oh, shit, you know. So March 31st, he finally hears of oh, the Goliad. Here's the here's the crappy shed they they signed the uh, Ooh, wow the Declaration of Independence in, and there's the guy holding the weird rifle. <laughs> I'll let you borrow this. Really. Yeah, please. But they still spend the next two weeks training the 800 volunteers he has now. Like Sandy Annie Houston. Oh, uh, to include one of them is once again, who, oh, got, who yeah. got sent out, once again got sent out of the Alamo to ask Houston for reinforcements. Right, right. And he wanted to go, he promised him he'd go back to the Alamo and Houston wouldn't let him go back. Oh, and then everybody, Thus, and then everybody got ice. And at then the everybody Alamo. got ice. But once again is with Houston. Okay. And Houston tells nobody of his plans, so that doesn't make him any popular either. Right. Well, because these idiots will be like, yeah, Houston's got a good plan. We're going to go lure Sandy Annie into here you know yeah they spread the word just, no don't these, spread the these word. are not mostly not trained guys like some of them been in like a couple wars before but like most of them are just like I say like the what do they call them buckskin stockings they're yeah they can shoot and shit but they don't have any tactics and they yeah. don't have any discipline so uh, April 8th Houston gets a letter from uh, interim president David Burnett saying uh, the enemy are laughing you to scorn you must fight them and Houston's like suck it I'm in the field. You're in your little chair. Fuck yourself. Damn. So uh, he keeps moving east still. April 16th, they go to a fork in the road, one across to the San Jacinto. San Jacinto. Uh, that's closer to the border where the U.S. troops were waiting. Uh, the other led to Harrisburg. That's where Houston scouts said Sandiani was waiting with 750 of his men. Mm-hmm. Two days later, they enter Harrisburg to find it was burned by Sandiani. That afternoon, Deef Smith and Henry Carnes intercepted three riders with dispatches to San Yanni. See what I'm saying? Like, Deef is mm-hmm. like, ha ha! Stop there. So now they know all their plans and strength of all their numbers and all that good stuff. 
Suckers. So Houston gives a speech to his troops. He concluded by saying, remember the Alamo, remember the Goliad. But nobody remembers Goliad. Right. Yep. Everybody, I, I remember the Goliad. <laughs> so the army got its battle cry, though. So Sandy Annie had 750 of his elite troops, but Houston uh, now at the time has 1,200 guys. Whoopsie. Uh, April 20th, Saniani marched his, uh, into Lynch's Ferry, but Houston had beaten him there. Uh, what is he, uh, burned the ferry crossing? Well, I don't know about that. Possibly. Or at least cut the, uh, you know, you cut the ropes. Because back in those days, they Oh, did it's them. a oh, ferry, yeah. or a rope ferry or whatever? Well, do you think it had fucking motor? <laughs> Row, or oars? Yeah, fun rowing straight across a river with something that's, come on, man. Of course. <laughs> you ever seen Outlaw Josie Wales? No. Fuck you, then. <laughs> Best goddamn Clint Eastwood movie ever made. Any which way but loose is better. That is a good one. Right turn, Clyde. I, I'd like to see the X-rated version of that. I, I, thought, I, I, thought, version. I thought the main one was an X-rated version. <laughs> right turn, Clyde. I want to see some monkey sex with Ruth Gordon again. <laughs> anyway... Uh, so they uh, exchanged some uh, cannon fire there, but uh, n- nothing much going on. Hi, would you like some cannon fire? Well, oh, yes, thank you. Uh, would you like to try some of my cannon fire? Oh, that would be great. <laughs> so near sunset, they kind of have a little skirmish uh, between the cavalry there. You make it sound like they're having fucking finger sandwiches. Oh, just a little light skirmish. A little skirmish. Or it's like, yeah. It's a little like, skirmish before sundown. <laughs> it's like the fucking, uh, like the pig war where they just yeah. like, had, played soccer. While they're playing Batman and shit. Batman, like. yeah. <laughs> So, kind of both sides retire for the evening. Saniani ordered breastworks built there. Good game. I'll uh, see you in the morning. All right, see you. General Houston probably uh, is going to have a few uh, drinks. He gave orders not to wake him before 8 a.m. So. I'm strategizing. Don't wake me up before 8. Juan, come here. Help me strategize. <laughs> so about noon, Houston called the council. He asked if they should attack or wait for Saniani to attack. The majority of the guys wanted to attack right away. Of course, because Texas. But um, 3 p.m., Houston ordered his troops lined up, and the men were happy to fight. Uh, basically, why are, why are they uh, happy to fight? Because the Mexicans are taking a siesta. Yep. Oh. Because they've been chasing us. They're dragging a bunch of shit, chasing this other army that they think is going to keep running away. So they're like, oh, fuck it. It's hot. We're tired. Yeah, nap time. Hey, yeah. Nap time. Well, what had stopped happening is the Texians had now stopped retreating, and we're like, ha-ha, bitches. And they're in this broad, they're camped on the outskirts of this nice, broad, flat, perfect for cavalry and infantry charge type oh, scenario. <laughs> like, <laughs> so uh, kind of, they didn't quite know, but uh, causes, they had uh, 500 soldiers, and they're basically just tired from pushing Carts and mud all all night. So here's another map, Tony. Mm-hmm. Here's where the Mexicans are having their siesta. Mm-hmm. But they do they do you know eventually like you know I'm sure they have like guards and stuff. But the Texans are all in this tree line. Oh shit! And uh, <laughs> this is what Sam Houston has been looking for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, oh fucking, the wind's just right. Yep. yep. So while they're settling down for their traditional afternoon siestas, basically you do need to take a nap if it's hundred degrees. Yeah, all the yeah. Time. You're gonna fucking Every, everywhere, kill yourself. everywhere I've lived, where it's like that, that's how you do. It's mm-hmm. just fucking stupid to be. 
oh no, we work through the 100 degrees as I pass the fuck out, and, you know. In my full fucking... Well, it's like, you know, being from North Dakota, people go, oh yeah, we're fucking siesta. Like, yeah, but what do we do in the summer when it's like 90? Yeah, you take a long lunch. Yeah. And you start working again as the sun's kind of going down. It's like fucking assholes. Yep. So the Texians yell, remember the Alamo or remember the Goliad? Do you remember rock and roll Alamo? (laughs) (laughs) There was a slight dip in the field that kind of hit him for a little while. Then the bugler, a Mexican bugler, sounded the alarm, but the... Shit, 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 (laughs) shit, shit, shit. But basically it was too late, and they pour into the Mexican lines. Basically they fire once and use their muskets as clubs, or they use their bowie knives. Yep. Many Mexican soldiers yell, me no Alamo, me no Goliad, before they were all killed. But uh, some stood and fought, but most of the guys ran. Uh, the battle lasted 18 minutes. <laughs> but the actual uh, it, carnage lasted another hour. Because, because they were just chasing them and murdering people as they oh, ran. Okay, right. They were a little pissed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also, uh, yeah, in uh, military terms, this is what we call a route. <laughs> a route? A route. Okay. They, they routed the... Uh, the yes. Mexican army? Yes. Got it. Yep. Uh, some of the guys run into the lake there, Peggy Lake. And, and a lot of those guys cannot swim. And uh, the Texans shot, uh, shot them in the water or clubbed them or cut them with knives and hatchets. And 200 some died at the lake. Yelled strong insults. Mm-hmm. So Houston's on his third horse of the day, and he had a left ankle shattered by a musket ball there. Ooh. Yep. He tried to get the guys to stop killing everybody, yep. but hey, it hey, was no hey, use. Hey guys, enough, enough. Okay, okay, Chill we're out. good. We're good. I think we sent. I think we got our message through. <laughs> fucking dudes. Hey, just... Jesus Christ, man, that's a bugle boy. The fuck, like <laughs> he's got his fucking like intestines out and he's yeah. like, choking the guy well, to death with some, his own intestines. It's, frankly, it's some Santa Creek massacre type yeah. shit. Yep. At least these guys were army, but right once they're disarmed and running away, you know. There was no Geneva Convention back then, though. But still, you would hope that, you know, bloodlust wouldn't... Cool, they're on the run. They fucked off now. I'm going to hunt them down and get some scalps (laughs) and cut me some dicks and ears. Yeah, right. Like, no. Oh, God. So the Texians had seven deaths and 30 wounded. Uh, The Mexican army had 600 dead and about 100 captured. Holy shit. But Santa Annie's nowhere to be found. In like an hour? Mm-hmm. No, it was, Fuck. well, like, well, yeah, with the... Well, chasing them down and shit. Right, yeah. The, the, yeah. So, at the first sound of gunfire, uh, that woke up Saniani. He leapt up and tried to organize his troops around him. But when officer gave him a horse, he just took off. Yep. <laughs> oh, man. Bye! So, he gets to the river, but found out the bridge is out, taken out by Deef Smith there. Uh, and he got separated from his help. Uh, he was terrified of deep water, so he hid out in some brush all night. Sandy Annie? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I said, he's hydrophobic, except for not like in the rabies way. <laughs> yeah. At daybreak, he found some old slave clothes, or one story has that he puts on a, a private uniform, uniform uh, and tries to hide out. I like how he finds like it's like an item in a video game. It's like hmm, slave it's just, slave clothes. It's like floating in yeah like, yeah turning yeah, rotating space. slightly glowing yeah. <laughs> At about 3 p.m., a Texian search party found him. They didn't know who he was, so they bring him back. Oh, shit. <laughs> then he walks by all his soldiers, and they go, uh, oh, El Presidente. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Salute oh, him shit. and everything. Hey, hey, like, they're like saluting Silencio. and shit. Damn it. Silencio. Silencio. <laughs> <laughs> 
So they take him to Sam Houston, who's sitting under a tree with his and leg propped it's up. Depicted like this. I'll let you just take in this Ooh. full scene. Like, look at that. Oh wow! Isn't that isn't that a vision? Is that fucking? Sammy is dressed up like there. Mm-hmm. Deep Smith is depicted by being hard of hearing. Yeah, yeah. And then Houston has to lay on his ass because his his, his ankle, ankle is shattered. shattered. Deep Smith is kind of portrayed by uh, William Shatner a little bit. Kind of. And then uh, I think that's once again. Like, yeah, it's pretty... pretty. So uh, his guys want to kill... Uh, Sandy and I can see like, that. Let's guy hang holding... him from this tree right here. Well, yeah, they're next to a tree, and the one guy's holding a rope right now. Get a rope. Another guy's got a rock in his hand, or maybe it's a hat. <laughs> and of course, Sandy Annie pleads uh, that he should be treated as a general, not as a common yeah, prisoner, or then. not as a war criminal for like fucking slaughtering fucking prisoners. But Jesus. but uh, Houston knew what he had. He had a bargaining chip because yep. he knew that there's still a thousand more Mexican troops out there. And he told Sanyani if he wanted to live to withdraw his troops and go back to Mexico. So and, he, and give us Texas mm-hmm. forever, you piece of shit. Yep. And basically all of his generals knew that his their troops were in bad shape and still needed to choose, so they go oh, back to Mexico. Wait, I'm, I'm just no, noticing another detail in this fucking picture. The guy with yeah, the, the, guy rope, the rope. Fucking Ron Swanson really wants to like oh, punch him. <laughs> got it, like there's this dude like Ron Swanson in, in Southern Gear just like uh, balled up fist and his, and his buddy's like restraining by the shoulder like he wants to just walk up and jack Santana <laughs> in, the head, in the side of the head. Who the fuck painted this? This is amazing. That's a good one. So, Sandy Annie would uh, be in Texas for a couple of months just to uh, be insurance that uh, all the guys would go back to Mexico. In the fall, he was uh, taken to D.C. where he had a conference with Andrew Jackson. Which I'm sure went swimmingly. And then he went back and remained in seclusion for a year. But he was brought back in power when the French invaded Veracruz. Basically, they were not paid some debts and they wanted their money back. I want my Veracruz back. Uh, that is the, I think that they call that the pastry war, but that's where San oh, loses his leg. I've right. heard you, you guys have talked about it before. Well, because mm-hmm. like, we yeah. talked about in the Mexican American war episodes, we talked about San and the leg and all that well, shit. Well, the leg happens like the, that's later. Yeah. But we talked like, about it cause, because, uh, Hank Hill's dad right, talks about it all right, the fucking but time. But the Mexican American war, like. Yeah. Yeah. I know all about San We got his walking log under glass new boys. I'm glad to say. Before this. Mm-hmm. Like pastry war after that, but yes, it's when Cotton and his buddies go steal Santa yep. and his leg. Yep, uh, he insisted that his leg be buried with full military honors, though. <laughs> uh, he was president or dictator for the next 28 years. Sounds great. He's basically the Mexican Putin kind of. Yeah, sounds like it. Uh, 1853, he was elected in his final term. He was elected dictator for life. He demanded people address him as the Most Serene Highness. So he, now he thinks he's like the Dalai Lama? Yep. Okay. The next year he was removed I'm from power. I'm more serene than you! <laughs> <laughs> it only lasted a year before he was removed, but he was exiled. Uh, oh, 18- much like his like hero, the Napoleon of mm-hmm. Napoleonism. In 1874, he was granted amnesty and returned to Mexico City, but he dies penniless in 1876. That's good. No, what else happened in 1876? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I was going to say a little bit. Quiet. I was going to say Tony is supposed to answer it. <laughs> I was just I was giving Will a chance to answer one for the one, the one he absolutely knows so, the answer to. Yep, <laughs> Texas is the thing because this cow seems to enjoy, be enjoyed getting milk too much <laughs> from this picture. 
Oh, also, sorry. can you milk a... Wait, wait, wait. Do female cows have uh, horns like that? Yeah. Oh. Well, like all, all primate cows have horns. Like, I did not know. Like I female was... bison have horns. No. Hornless, horn, I'm thinking antlers. Hornless, hornless cows are a modern invention, mostly. Okay. Like all cows kind of have them, but with breeding yeah. and stuff like you know, Angus don't have horns. But a lot of times, the reason why you don't see like beef cattle with horns is because you nip the buds off when they're young. Oh, okay. Which is a bloody and horrible affair with mm-hmm. a lot of like mooing and... Like, we used to, like, stymie the blood flow by taking a branding iron and just kind of cauterizing it like Rambo. Damn it, fuck. But you're doing that with, with, with the male cats also while you're castrating them and then generally giving them any vaccinations and then giving them their ear tag. So it's like the most horrible day of their life before slaughter, but the days in between those are not necessarily so bad if they're, yeah. like, free range, but... Until you graduate I'm, from Bovine uh, University. I'm glad I'm not a, I wasn't born an American cow. Let's put it that way. <laughs> with that, I'm so pissed that that Philly cheesesteak by your house was close I know, today. I know, it sucks. So Texas is a thing because they were taking a nap. Yep. yep. <laughs> and, you know, the whole Republic of Texas thing that during that, it was less than 10 years they they begged to be in the United States because they didn't have any money. Right. But, but now, now they want to leave again and, I don't know, Ted Cruz wants to be their Supreme leader or whatever. And <laughs> Sir, Serene. He's going to have to fight Highness Greg Abbott in some kind of fucking thing. And yeah. I'd watch that. Yeah. And the the one time I did go to the Alamo, I forgot to mention that, uh, you know, because stereotypes have to be true. Uh, we like, I missed the, the first exit and then go to the second ones. I'm going back down to there's a convention center in San Antonio. And it's like, what is wrong here? Keep seeing all these John Bonet Ramseys running around. Oh no! It was like a Texas cheerleader convention for oh, eight-year-old cheerleaders. Oh <laughs> god, damn it! Yeah. See, when I was stationed, it's at like F- Texas, yes. When I when I was stationed at Fort, Fort Hood, like on weekends, a lot of times we'd set out to go to San Antonio and go check out the Alamo and do all that shit. But we'd always stop off at Sixth uh, Street in Austin, just for you know, just grab one beer, you know, for the road, and we'll continue on. And then we'd end up just staying in Austin all night and going seeing like a Psycho Billy show or a punk rock show. Never did make it to the Alamo. I lived there for like almost two years. <laughs> um, but I'm going to remedy that one of these times. Possibly this yeah. summer. I don't know. You can find Pee Wee's bike. Yeah. Well, well, or you remember when uh, Brian and Cindy and uh, Joanna and I uh, can't remember who else went down to, te- they went to the Alamo. No. Then they're banned, they're banned from going there again because... Uh, Jojo and uh, whoever else it was like took a joke picture faking like they were peeing on yeah, it. Yeah, that's right. And okay, they got like s- surrounded by Elmo Secret Services and like they took all their and then Brian and Cindy came like and they were like they're all banned from the Elmo. All three of them, like Ozzy, they were pr- they were proud shit. of that. Cause, like, yeah. I forgot about that. Because yeah, because she was pretending like she was peeing? pretending to pee, but wow. like Ozzy actually did pee on it. Yeah. So yeah. then like yeah, and I can start to understand like the Elmo is a complicated thing because. I mean, yeah, it's bravery, but it's also fucking stupidity. They were told by Houston many times, and many other people was like, you can't defend this. And it was like, oh, yeah, there's thousands of Mexican army soldiers coming. It's like, yeah, it's bullshit. We're just going to do this. Yeah, it's kind of hubris where it's just like, well, it no is. I mean, uh, no, nobody can deny the uh, the the bravery of, mm-hmm. like, you know, because they could have fled. I mean, that's that's thing is, like, they, they stood their fucking ground and yeah. also, you know, kind of... Their uh, martyrdom, if you will, like kind of galvanized everybody to be like, 
fuck you, you know, right, between right. that and Goliad, and like Will was saying, like Goliad gets forgotten a lot, and mm-hmm. arguably that's more of an atrocity because those guys had surrendered. Right. Whereas right. like the Elmo defenders were fucking mostly fighting till the end, you know. Um, but in the, at the end of the day, um, you know, it's one of those things that gal- galvanized like you know Texas to become Texas. Yeah. But at the same time, Jimmy Jim Bowie was a I wouldn't call him a, a great person. Uh, I'm a fan of his knives. <laughs> um, David Crockett, like, you know, is a little more sympathetic character, I think. And, like, just, like you say, the wild-ass shit they wrote about him before, during, and after his death is just astounding. We got to do a deep dive for the uh, Instagram for some of these. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's just nuts. It makes uh, some Marvel Cinematic Universe shit seem fucking plausible. Um, that one with lightning coming out of his eyes is fucking just blow, incredible. Blowing up a whole ass pirate ship <laughs> from like 300 yards offshore. Like, yes. So David Crockett is Superman-ish? It's like or Homelander maybe? Yeah. Like, like what? You know? <laughs> and then, uh, you know, Travis like just like, holy fuck, dude, what a stubborn fuck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, give up on your mm-hmm. wife and family and stuff but you know fuck like but all in all uh interesting and uh important part of american history and especially texas history and yeah. i'm sure it this comes out i know a lot of our like folks listen to us are from texas and whatnot and like you know i know we shit on texas sometimes and we will continue to shit on texas sometimes because <laughs> it deserves a degree of shit but um i know one of the more uh important to us in texas history uh moments yeah i mean I, I had to have learned about it at some point in school but i don't fucking remember well, anything about is, mil- goddamn milita- militarily it's not that big of a battle it's like what a hundred and how many dudes like versus 40 ish yeah versus thousand. so that's not i mean militarily you're just fucked you're gonna be fucked yeah i don't give a fuck you you're it's not a battle so much it's just the fact that San Andy's throwing human wave after human wave and there were some statistics where it, there was about eight uh, Mexican army dead per defender. So those guys were, I mean, putting down, were, putting down some casualties. Yeah. But you're you're just not going to win. Yeah, it's you're just, not going to cut through that many some, fucking people. Um, and I guess, like, I think uh, a lot of them kind of deep down knew that. But, you know, I'm, I'm thinking, like, if you're in that situation, you're always in your old head cannon. You're kind of like, oh yeah, but I'll, uh, but I might be all right. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like, yeah, I'll be fine. Everybody's gonna die, but I'll find a way to, you know. Like, yeah. So there's a bit of that, but still, anything else to add? Anybody? Other than the, oh yeah, the 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 the, the fucking Disney and uh, and uh, uh, John Wayne movie oh, ones, yeah. like where and the John Wayne one apparently Jim, Jim Bowie fights the whole time. And they cross the Rio Grande outside of uh, the Elmo, which oh, is... Oh, not <laughs> where that is. <laughs> and, uh, well, coonskin caps all around. All around. <clears throat> which, Everybody I mean, never one. really went out of fashion. But now now mostly they're the fake coonskin caps, so... Yeah. Yeah. Oh, rac- raccoon. Okay. Oh, fuck off. You know what I meant. <laughs> okay, I think it's time <laughs> for us to leave you... Uh, Yes, let's go out in a hail of Texas Roadhouse Fire. There we go.